Welcome to Johnson Seed Company Growing With Us. I'm Gerald Wines and um, today we're going to talk about um, a new product slash old product that we've uh, repackaged. Um, to give you a little history about the soil builder mix, um, the reason we did it, Johnson Seed was fortunate enough to uh, speak at some winter meetings. One happened to be a master gardener meeting and uh, we were talking about cover crops and one thing we realized is we had um, a lot of seeds for acres but nothing really built for a gardener in mind so we formulated this mix um, for for cover crops for smaller acreages or or smaller garden areas um, kind of get started um, some things, if you're not familiar with um, cover crops, uh, we use them a lot in the crop production side, um, but there's some things that go from there into the gardens that i like to kind of just go over real quickly. Um, there's a lot of rules or thoughts um, that people say you have to do with cover crops. Here at Johnson Seed Company, um, we, we feel like there are no rules and um, that people will get used to um, what they like to see um, in their garden. Can we stop? Okay, when I, when I explain that there are no rules, there are some thoughts that we use. Um, and as a gardener, you're gonna have some things that um, you like or that you don't like. I've noticed over the years <clears throat> in the in the crop production side, uh, producers that have used cover crops, um, they may start out as long as seven years ago with with one cover crop, different species in it. Seven years later, it could look totally different. It's mainly picking what's right for you. Also, in the gardening side, um, you may have a visual that you like. Uh, certain species that you like to see out there. Some may be too big and massive. Um, so, so you'll soon learn to weed those out and pick what's best for you. Um, in the garden, also in the smaller gardens, uh, urban setting, sometimes shade trees can be a problem and some cover crops may not work as well as others. That's something you need to consider. Um, some cover crops um, will tend to put on too much biomass as far as quantity of cover that you may not want to handle. So that's something that you're just going to have to um, decide through the years. When we talk cover crop and soil health, um, you know, there's, there's so many positives, but sometimes we can tend to over promote it. Um, and one of them being on the fertility side, a lot of our cover crops will scavenge um, the fertility that we already have there. Um, but I encourage you to still monitor uh, your pH and your phosphorus and potassiums through soil sampling. So just because you're, you are using a cover crop doesn't mean you can neglect the other things too. One thing, um, some when we're using legumes, uh, some people will say that, okay, you always have to inoculate. This is my opinion in that we're going to scavenge nutrients. We're not taking a lot of these to grain. 
inoculation isn't as important as it would be if we were growing a crop of the certain species. So don't get hung up on that. One thought that we do use in building cover crop and we have with this soil builder mixture is that we try to keep a ratio of two-thirds broadleaf to a third grass. Um, and the reason we do that is mainly because a lot of the grasses can get bigger and shade out the broadleaves. So that's kind of a, uh, a deal we use when, when building a cover blend, just a, a guideline. Um, you can't go 50-50, but we still like the two-thirds and a third. Another thing, um, and there's a lot of good books uh, regarding cover cropping. Uh, one that comes to mind is Dirt to Soil with Gabe Brown, and he encourages, encourages people to, to use as many species as you can. What we have found and what I've found is that you can get actually too many in there. You get shading of species that will never survive because the other ones are too aggressive and two, it becomes too costly, especially in the crop production side. So don't get, get hung up that you have to have 15, 10 to 15 species in a cover blend mix or in five to six would work just fine. Um, one thing as a gardener, you take a product like the soil, soil builder mixture, you can add some things yourself in smaller quantities. If you wanted to add more color to this mix, you can do that. So just because you use a mixture like this, you can buy some sec separate species to add in there. I kind of hesitate to bring this up, but I, I, I feel like I need to. Um, there's a, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the definition. What I'm speaking of is a liliopathy. I'll give you the, the definition. Um, Aleopathy is a biological phenomenon by which an organism produces one or more biochemicals that influence the germination, growth, survival, and reproduction of other organisms. Why I brought this up, um, there's some species that tend to want to be by themselves or be the big dog of the, of the patch. Um, some of those are sunflowers, black walnut, alfalfa, buckwheat, winter rye, marigolds, just to name a few. It is really critical when you're using cover crops that, that you see what happens in your garden. If you see one species that doesn't do well, there could be a reason other than it was, you know, poor depth of seeding or something like that. There, it could be an aliliopath happening. I encourage you, um, as you're doing cover crops or even just in your garden um, to keep notes on what is happening or what has happened. Um, sometimes um, if you plant a cover crop then you plant a certain garden crop the next year and it doesn't do as well it could have been a little bit of an alleliopathy. Um, Dr. Michael Anderson at OSU sent me an email one time and I asked him some questions about alleliopathy and you know it's it's really hard even for the soil scientists to really explain what's happening there um, but in his email he, he made two comments that that really um, hit for especially this topic he said what is best is what works and that is best determined by trial and error and practice over time another statement he said he said in our gardens over time we throw a wide range of plants together and expect them to behave. And, and I think that's what you'll see as you do more of this. Um, 
that it's not a simple deal, but keeping good records of it will help. The planning dates on, on our soil builder mix, the one, the spring, early summer mix that we have, I, I really don't want to, the way we built this, I really don't want to try to plant that um, until after 60, 65 degrees, maybe as uh, soil temperature of 55 degrees, as low as that. Um, and I'll get a little bit into the fall mix here in just a second, but um, you would maybe want to go ahead and do your early spring garden with your cool seasons and then plant this, and that way you wouldn't have to be as concerned about soil temperature. When you have a cover um, crop on a garden area, the termination on when you're going to tear it up to plant something else, there, there's several different ways you can do that. Um, you can mow or string trim it because uh, a lot of those plants will go ahead and die because you've cut them off below the growing point. You can hand pull the plants. Um, you can take a lot of that that you trim or hand pull, add to your compost pile, depending on the amount of biomasses there. Some people will weed eat um, and then go ahead and plant into that residue. Once again, you need to keep track of what's going on with your plants, if that's going to work for you or not. Seeding depth can be a little bit an issue into a residue. Um, other people have used uh, cardboard or plastic, lay it over the bed, and, and kill it that way. Number one, you're not using chemicals. Number one, you're not disturbing the soil. Um, some people use plastic. Um, I prefer cardboard because it'll kind of break down a lot easier and actually add organic matter to your soil in some small amounts. Um, with this soil builder, the spring mix that we did this year, we have the species of cowpea, soybean, millet, uh, grain sorghum, mung beans, and okra. And we mainly put the okra in there um, which you can utilize um, as something to eat, of course, but also for the penetration of the root. It is tap-rooted, and it will break up lower layers uh, in, your, in your garden bed. I think, um, you know, we're going to talk about, and I, I feel for certain we're going to do this, as far as for our fall-winter mix, um, this will, all these ingredients will be changed, or a good majority of them, and we'll probably go with something like um, Austrian winter peas, wheat, barley, turnips, radish, oats, and possibly some canola. So we will change that so it'll be ready to go, and we're looking at a planting date here in north central Oklahoma or in Oklahoma, Texas, southern plains of uh, first half of September, something like that, or you can go as late as October 15th, something like that. So I realize that I'm not just talking to Oklahoma and Texas here, but um, you'll, you'll just have to figure out your season what will be the best for you. There are in planning instructions on the label um, as far as seeding depth um, and things, how to work it up. Um, a one pound will do 18, 18, 1,800 square feet. Uh, the price of a two pound jar is $12. If you have any questions or comments, you can call us at 800-375-4613 or email us at johnsonseed.com. Thank you and we appreciate your business.